Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I'm once again joined by my good friend in Austin, Texas, Carlos Marino. How are you doing, Carlos? Good. Good to be back with you. We're going to continue part two of a series that we started a few weeks ago called humanizing your dog and the uh the main issues with that and this we're going to cover i believe touch instead of sound which we did the first time brian correct um the you know the 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 main thing that i want people to 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 take from the previous episode and if you haven't listened to it go ahead and check that out because it's it's definitely the more important of the two is how we can affect both positively or negatively our dog's behavior by using our voice. And sometimes that's too much voice. Sometimes that's the wrong type of voice, meaning a high squeaky voice, you know, adding energy to it. Uh, but go ahead and listen to that podcast if, if you haven't already, because that's a really important one. And and oftentimes uh, people don't know that they're using their voice uh, to the detriment of their uh, of what they want from their dog's behavior in the in the moment. So today's topic is humanizing your dog from touch. Um, oftentimes people will pick up their dogs or they'll touch their dogs or pet their dogs or soothe their dogs when it's not the appropriate thing to do. You know, one of the most common times we see this is when I'm walking out, work, uh, out in the mornings with walking my dogs and, uh, we pass this one neighbor who has a little Scotty and he's, you know, all, all big and bold and pulling at the end of the leash and barking and carrying on and everything. And the owners just squat down and they pet him. And they think they're soothing him, but they're not soothing him. They're reinforcing. They're giving positive uh, affection, positive reinforcement to their dog for barking at my dogs. And so all that does is is tell him, oh, yeah, this is a good job to be like this. Continue being like this. When actually what they're doing is they're trying to soothe themselves and say, it's okay that my dog barks at every dog. Everything's going to be okay. I'm not going to get in trouble for this and so on. And so yeah. – that's one of that's one of the most common things that that I see on a, on a daily basis here, and that's not even on on client appointments. So do you want to you want to give an example or two that you encounter, Carlos? Yeah, for sure. I was uh, playing sports out in a in a very popular field, and it's in, a, in between a complex. A lot of people have their dogs, and they and they walk them. And there was two little dogs. One little one, I think it was a Pomeranian, was off leash, hanging out, no big deal. And another lady, another lady was walking another small dog and they were, and she was approaching us and the owner of the Pomeranian immediately went over and picked up her dog and which almost caused the other lady to pick up her dog. So I'm not sure why it is that people do that. I, I guess I understand that they want to make their dogs feel safe. But again, this goes back to humanizing your dogs and what's the end result brian when you're humanizing your dog in that in that way you're picking them up you're removing them you're coddling them what's the long-term damage if you will um and why is it just not well i would better be safe than sorry and i'll pick up my dog and hopefully nothing happens right well the the most detrimental part of this is you're changing the relationship with your with your dog. You're removing your leadership from the dog and showing it something else. And sometimes that may be fear. 
is you're picking up your dog because you've got a little dog and someone else is walking with a with a big dog or um, anxiety because your your dog might go after another dog and and so when you pick up your dog in that way when you when you you know hold your dog when you soothe your dog um, in a way that's not appropriate you're telling your dog that you're no longer confident and that really changes. Uh, your relationship with your dog and essentially turns the tables on them saying, I, as your previous leader, am no longer in charge. I need someone to step out in front of me. And that's what a dog's instincts are for is to say, you know what? Someone has to take control of the situation. And so I will do that. And most dogs aren't equipped to do that properly in our human world. And so it, it really turns things on their head and creates problems for us developing or maintaining our good leader follower relationship with our dogs. Now, I mean, I can hear people maybe saying, if I play devil's advocate, they'll say, well, my dog is a lap dog, and my dog likes to be up and not on the floor. And maybe when there's two little dogs and you pick up the two little dogs, sure, you avoid whatever meeting, maybe conflict they might have. But is that really a problem? What about when their little dog is in a dog park and maybe there's not another little dog? And I think we saw this recently, Brian, is, is that okay? You, you have your little dog, you pick them up, they like being with you, you drop them, they want to be asked to be picked up. What's the problem there? I mean, why is that, why is that an issue? In my mind, the only thing I can see, and maybe you can chime in after me, the only issue I can see is your dog doesn't develop any sho- any good social skills. And then right. when they meet a bigger dog, a more capable dog that really can't be picked up by the owner, it could trigger that dog to be uh, reactive. So, I, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think everyone can can see this picture in their in their mind's eye is someone picks up their dog because the dog is jumping on on their you know usually it's a little dog but not always um little dog is jumping on their on their owner's legs and you know being all maybe maybe cute but what it is 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 anxious or or neediness and so if we feed into that by picking up our dog because they were jumping on on us and we're not conveying confidence to the dog that um, that I've got everything under control. You don't need to worry about this, but we're picking the dog up out of fear because he's cute or some other, again, type of emotion because emotions are typically um, the opposite of, uh, of leadership. Then we're reinforcing the dog's state of mind is it's okay to be needy all the time. It's okay to be jumping up on me because you want more affection. You want, you know, you're afraid of this dog coming up or whatever, rather than staying in the dog frame of mind and, communicating to your dog, look, settle down. I've got this under control. This new dog coming at you is not going to get, get past me. I'm going to back him away with my dominance, with my leadership, with my energy to say, I don't want you approaching my pack member right now. Right. So you so it sounds like you're, uh, you're depriving your dog, the one you're picking up right. of interaction in a natural way with another dog, but also you're probably, setting yourself back a lot because you're almost like a, what's it called? An overdoting parent. Right. And you don't practice assertiveness, leadership, non-emotional um, structures and boundaries. You're probably putting yourself in a bad spot for many other um, facets in your life. But when all we're talking about the, the one with your dog, but it probably doesn't help you as a human to be constantly interacting with your dog 
in this way, in this in the, in right. the baby in the baby way. The baby needs protection. I need to pick up my baby. I need to I nurture and coddle and protect. Um, yeah, and you're, that, you're and not... that could be yeah, that could be something devastating. I think later too. Let's right, say let's you... look. Well, I'll, I'll just add, add this yeah, now yeah, that before ahead. I forget. Because what if a lot of people do this? They'll have one small dog, and they'll then they'll get a not a small dog later. Sometimes it's a complete opposite. Could have a Pomeranian and then decide to get a uh, a Rottweiler. Then you're going to have some serious issues. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because most people aren't going to be picking up an 80 or 90 pound Rottweiler every time it jumps up on them because it wants affection. Um, but but I think what you were getting at there, the word is independence. You're not allowing your dog. You're not teaching your exactly, dog to yeah. be independent and learn to um, to to be confident in himself and to be able to communicate with other dogs and like you said to be social in a dog like way so that every time he gets nervous or anxious about something you pick him up well I mean there's plenty of parents out there that do that with their kids and I also think that's very detrimental is every time the kid hits the slightest obstacle in the middle of the road then he comes home to, to mom or dad and says you know mom this happened or, or that happened and then the parents go and fix it for him instead of saying you know, giving advice and saying, why don't, why don't you go ahead and try this instead, but go back and, and, and try and do it yourself instead of doing the kid's homework for him all the, all the time. So it's, it's really important, um, to do this with your dogs as like Carlos said, for social reasons, so that he understands and learns how to communicate with others of his own kind, but also so that he develops a certain level of, of confidence and composure in himself and knows how to act around other dogs and and other people right and and we've seen this when we watch caesar milan shows it's it's cute it's funny at first but what i'm referring to is the little dog that is super uh demonstrative uh, expressing right. a lot of aggression for you know pseudo aggression really mm-hmm. but but it's cute but why do we see so many little dogs being quote-unquote rude a-hole dogs you know why is that I mean, I, and i think there is a correlation between the smaller the dog is and the more it's being held and protected and not being allowed to be on the floor and be a dog and socialize with other dogs um so and and because they're small maybe you don't hear a lot about people getting bit but uh definitely something you you may want to think twice about right because there's so many smaller dogs that actually probably do more of the bite biting than the medium to large size dogs. And then most of that may be uh, attributed to people uh, humanizing them and babying them. Yeah. Right. And the reason why this happens more often with the small dogs is because, says, you know, a little chihuahua bites you or nips your, your, your hand, probably not going to go to the hospital for that. A, you know, 120 pound mastiff bites your hand. You probably are going to the hospital for that. So it's the same behavior. <clears throat> we just some people tolerate that because it's a smaller dog. The consequences are are not as dire. But either way, we wanna we wanna teach all dogs, bigger, big or small. You can behave in these ways. You cannot behave in in these ways. And you know this anxious, this this neediness, the constant constant jumping, the whining, like that little uh, little mix we were working with the other day. He kept you know getting in front of his owner and barking on or uh, barking at her and, and jumping on her legs to be picked up. And yep. some of the time she picked him up and, and sometimes she didn't, but he would, he definitely had some, some insecurity about the group of people and, or the, the group of dogs that, that was around him. Yeah. And, that, that's, and that, yeah. that's something, that's something we run, run into often is small or people tend to pick up small dogs because they think of them as puppies, cute, 
defenseless creatures needing some sort of of um, of protection, and that's not how that it's not how we want to work with them because that's not how dogs work with each other. Dogs are, you know, except when they're with humans, dogs are always on their own four feet. Yeah, and so if we think that we can make a dog's behavior better by doing something unnatural to it, by picking it up off of its four feet and thereby humanizing the dog, you know, we've got another thing coming because that's not how nature works. Yeah, and I can imagine, too, I've never had a small, small, small dog. I mean, I've I had pugs before. Um, but humanizing a small dog, I can imagine your lifestyle is, is affected drastically. If you're constantly picking up your dog, that tells me that when you get home, you're sleeping with your dog as well. <laughs> You know, your dog is probably sleeping with you. It's probably, an, you know, almost like a cat, right? But but that, that, that may not be the healthiest thing going forward uh, if you constantly have some some uh, uh, proximity issues, as I, as I call it. Because right. you're not used to being independent, like you said. And that could cause separation anxiety. Let's say you have to leave. Now what? Now you've trained, conditioned your dog to be around you at all times. And when you're gone, you, it's going to be under a lot of stress because it doesn't know how to, to- cope. To be independent, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't know how to cope, and so it's just a, it's it's a it's a social it's an anxious mess is, is what I would call it. Yeah. Right, and to be very frank about that specific issue, when I see that, oftentimes I'll just I'll come right out and ask the clients. I'll say, you know, are your are your children grown, or or did you ever have kids? Because yeah. oftentimes that behavior comes from the fact that the the uh, human adult dog owner either you know, misses their kids and wants to treat something like a child or wants to have a baby and didn't have a baby or misses their babies or, or whatever it is. And then they're using the dog as a fill in for the gap that they have from that in their human life. And that's really unfair to the dogs to do is to say, you know what, I'm going to start making you into this human baby. And you know, I put a sweater on Vivian when it's cold out, but I don't dress Vivian in clothes because I think she's a human. I put a sweater on her because she gets cold. And when it's not cold, then she doesn't have a sweater on. But dressing your dressing your dogs up in costumes is another sign of, of humanizing your dog. And, yep. you know, it, 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 can, it can be completely innocuous, you know, of course. But if you're doing that all the time, if you're picking your dog up all the time, if you're talking to your dog all the time, yeah, you may you may want to take a step back and 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 look at that first and and figure out if you if you think you're doing right by your dog cuz chances are that's not what's best for your dog. I think to some of the reasoning is well, my dog won't feel my affection for it unless I'm constantly babying it. And that's not true. Dogs right. can pick up on the bond, if you will, the bond that you have for them, the uh, the respect you have for them, the appreciation you have for them, without you having to to humanize them. So you don't you don't lose anything either. Is what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I think you know, oftentimes people mistake their own needs for their dog's needs, and so they yeah, think absolutely. the dog likes to be handled, the like dog likes to be talked to, the dog wants to be petted all the time. Chances are there's an element of of projection in there and and that it's more often than not the person who wants the affection, the you know, the talking to, the companionship or, or the or the extreme closeness or the constant closeness. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be anyone's psychologist here, but 
you know, if you find yourself in that situation, you know, be honest with yourself and, and, you know, ask a few questions and see, okay, is this really, you know, helping my dog or, or is this really helping my relationship with my dog? Or is this just for me because I need something and I'm yeah. trying to get it out of my dog, which is not a creature who is, you know, designed to, to fill that void in us. Yes. Yeah, and kind of void. The other thing I was going to ask you uh, that I, I think I hear a lot is my dog is small. How do I then quote unquote protect it? If I don't constantly pick it up, it's a small dog. How do I protect it from another dog? If something goes down, how do I correct it? Uh, oftentimes you, people will say, well, I can't use this tool. It's a small dog. And that's true. So what are the 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 right things to do? Because I think the the right thing to do is different than the easy thing to do, which is to pick up your dog and then uh, you know take the dog away. What's what would you do? Because a lot of the a lot of the reasoning and justification comes from people saying, well, it's a small dog, I it, it could get harmed easily, right? And I need to then pick it up. What what is the right thing to do? And that's and that's a fair question. And sometimes the right thing, the best thing to do is to pick up your dog. But I would caution that when you do pick up your dog, pick it up with confidence and and. Uh, pick it up, not like um, you're afraid of everything, not with fear and ang anxiety, but pick it up as, okay, my dog is here, I'm protecting my dog, and then be confident and direct, um, you know, dominance to the dog, you know, that may be trying to get to your dog and, and you know, bark or, or, you know, snap your fingers, use a sharp tone with that, with that dog, step into the dog, but command respect for your space and the dog, your, your small dog that is now in your arm, in your space and tell the other dog, knock it off or back off or whatever. But otherwise, if you pick up your dog in a fearful state, you're going to turn and you essentially turn your little dog into an even greater target for the dog that may be trying to come after your dog. And you don't want to do that. You actually, you know, in a sense, you want to back the other dog down and tell them, uh-uh, this is my pack. You do not get to approach me or any member of my pack like that. So sometimes yeah, it, it's, it's good to do that and safe to do that. But what's preferable is just like a dog, instead of, you know, another dog isn't going to jump onto the back of a, of a dog to say, help protect me from this, this dog coming towards me, they will defend their space. And so that's preferable is to read the dog coming at you, step in front of that dog in between your dog and that dog and communicate to that dog, knock it off. You need to back up. You do not get to approach me or my pack with that energy. And then when that dog responds, then you can, you know, reset and see if he's going to approach calmly. And if not, then you just tell him, uh-uh, you communicate, sorry, you communicate to him. Okay. You don't get to come near us and, yeah, and, and, would, you, and you remain in that, in that dominant state. I think that's good. That's good that you said that. It's not that we're saying never do it. Sometimes of course it's needed, but I will say follow up with that as well. If the moment's right, and if you feel confident enough and the situation is stable enough, go ahead and follow up that uh, uh, practice with putting your dog back down. Okay? Exactly. And then uh, having that being the finish of, uh, of the exercise so that your dog knows, okay, well, I'm being, I'm being picked up for some reason, but I'm not, I'm not sensing my owner's uh, scared or anxious or insecure. I'm being put back down. Okay, everything's fine. So. Right. And, and those of you... Excuse me. <clears throat> Those of you listeners who have worked with me in the past two years since I've had Vivian have seen me do this um, 
almost every time I bring Vivian out of the truck because I like to show people, our clients, different ways how to introduce their dogs to to new dogs. So that's what I do oftentimes with Vivian is my, my 20-pound beagle is I'll pick her up and, and hold her in my arm and walk towards the, the client's dog. And then I'm reading the dog as I'm approaching it. And if, if the dog is too excited, um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to tell the owner, give them some instruction on how to get their dog to 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 calm down, but we're going to take our time and wait for that dog to get to a state where it's receptive to instruction from the owner or instruction from me. And then we can approach the dog while it's still in a, in a calm state. And then, and then I'll work towards letting the dog come up and, and sniff Vivian while she's still in my arms. So it's still, it's still a part of me. It's still a part of my space. I'm still controlling the situation. And then eventually I'll put Vivian on the ground and allow the, the client's dog to let their dog follow Vivian around so they can be free to move around under their own steam and everyone's on their, their own four feet there. But all the while, I've supervised it from the very beginning. So, yeah, sometimes you can let your dog go up to another dog, and sometimes you don't want to, and sometimes you do pick it up. But the point here is if you know your dog and you can read other dogs, then you know what's going to happen. And so ahead of time, you can know, you know what, it's safest if I pick up my dog right now. Or you can decide, no, I'm going to step in and tell this new dog he needs to back off. Or sometimes you need to correct your dog and say, hey, whoa, 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 knock it off. You have to settle down here. You don't get to meet another dog when you're an excited state like that now the next question is well my dog just wants to play that's fine but make sure that both parties are amenable to that your dog may want to play but maybe the other dog is maybe the insecure one or the aggressive one or the owner is real anxious and isn't ready for uh for that type of play to happen so when you know what both sides are likely to do then i'd say you can go ahead and and uh, and let things happen but until then it's always best to control the environment first and then work your way up to okay i'm comfortable now everyone's going to be cool things will be fine absolutely but what the purpose the end goal being socialization socialization in, yep. in, a, in a natural dog state and a leadership role exactly and, and, and if you keep that mindset you'll be okay yeah 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 very good okay well cool this was a this was a neat topic um just make sure folks that uh, that when you're we're working with your dogs you keep the situation under control and that you're when you aren't using touch with your dog you're using it in a in a beneficial way now sometimes that may not be interpreted as a positive way because you don't want to positively reinforce a dog who is barking at another dog um but don't pick your dog up when when you're nervous about something or else you're going to transfer that that energy to him and you know you can pet your dog to to give him a reward a positive reward to say all right that was a the, the job well done but definitely don't uh, don't sue don't pet your dog when he's in an anxious state or when you're in an anxious state yeah, so absolutely. Don't humanize your dog that way. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will um, we will be back in the next uh, couple of days or so with a whole new topic. We appreciate appreciate you all listening, Carlos. Thanks for being here. This was another sure. good uh, good topic that we run into a lot with clients, so I'm glad we covered this. Don't forget to follow us on on Facebook and please um, like us and and write a review for us on on iTunes and and uh, Buzzsprout wherever you listen to podcasts that really makes a difference for us to get the five stars and for people to read what you all think about about our podcast here so more people can learn and more people can can listen and do right by their dogs thank you again for joining us we appreciate it and we will catch you next time <laughs>